If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here. We're getting back to hopefully doing some more daily content for y'all. Been traveling a ton. I actually went to Canada, came back one day, flew out the next, was actually at a, a uh, what was I at? I was at a, a charity for Ukraine. I met some Ukrainians there, which was kind of crazy because those gentlemen there literally watched these videos and it was it felt pretty good, to be honest with you. These gentlemen that are literally Ukrainians, like in Ukraine, they're, they're watching this stuff. So it made, it made me feel pretty good, but we were actually... Uh, we would raise $185,000 with y'all's help. Just so you guys are aware through those videos with, with James Vasquez, we raised 185,000 to help the men and women inside of Ukraine. So I want to say thank you so much. We couldn't have done it without you guys. Now at the gate, I'm going to tell you guys right now, Russia has actually done something that's phenomenal. They've done something so good. If you guys are wondering, Russia has actually decided to publish the coordinates of the Pentagon. So now everyone will know exactly where one of the largest buildings in the world is located. And if you guys were to look these things up, uh, these coordinates that is, you guys will find out that the Pentagon actually has five sides to it, and it is possibly the reason why the building's called that. I'm just going to throw that one out there. They also revealed where some super like super top secret stuff was, like these locations. They're highly classified. <laughs> I can't even say it without <laughs> laughing. Highly classified NATO facilities. It's uh, they, they put out a convention center in Madrid, uh, the Washington Monument, and the London Eye. So if you also didn't know, you guys can literally get driving directions to all these exact same locations by typing them in on Google and Apple Maps. So thank you, Russia. There's a couple pieces in today's episode where I, I, it's going to be hard for me to get a straight face through it. But Anyway, NATO has also reached a deal with Turkey to admit that Sweden and Finland are now able to join NATO. The President of the United States... Joe Biden himself, the fury, the, the scary guy himself, has also announced that the new deployments to Europe for the American forces. They're creating a permanent headquarters for the U.S. 5th Army Corps inside of Poland, deploying additional rotational brigades to Romania. They're also deploying two additional F-35 squadrons to the United Kingdom. Just going to throw that one out there. Enhance rotational deployments to the Baltics. Deploy two additional Navy destroyers to Spain. Okay, two more. Which is going to bring the total from four to six, deploying additional air assets, also uh, air defense, that is, to Germany and Italy. Just want to throw this little nugget out there for you guys and gals. Uh, it's fairly relevant, but I cannot speak on it because I'm no expert in the field. But Russia's actually started to uh, launch cyber attacks uh, targeting public and private institutions inside of Norway. Just going to throw this one out there. Just throw it out there because Norway is a, uh, it's actually a member of NATO, if you guys didn't know. And it's one of the founding countries. So saw somebody throwing around the words of Article 5. I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. But keep this one in mind as well because I've seen it a few times. Uh, but I cannot confirm it nor tonight. But I'm going to tell you guys anyway. Apparently Belarus has begun to actually put more men on the, you know, that little corner where Ukraine, Belarus, and Poland all touch up there in the north. That, they've been putting more men there. Uh, people are thinking that they're actually starting to push down that Polish border and moving towards Lviv. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I cannot confirm, nor tonight, but since I've seen it a few separate times, I thought it was worth mentioning. Now, if you guys were wondering what Severodonetsk Airport was looking like after the Russians have taken over, well, today is your lucky day. I also would like to know how, why in the world is this gentleman's mic so big? It's m mega. 
Нередко в интернете в комментариях можно услышать вопрос, а где нацисты на Украине? Ну вот показываем очередное доказательство. Good job. Next time you do a little bit of propaganda, at least put it somewhere. The largest prisoner exchange since February 24th is actually taking place today. 145 Ukrainian soldiers are returning home along with 95 Azaz members. I think around 45 of them were the ones down inside Mariupol. I'm going to throw that out there as well. Most of the soldiers that were transferred have been noted to have been in terrible shape and required medical treatment, which shouldn't be shocking to anybody. Now, we're going to venture outside of Ukraine for the first time in a little bit, in this video that is. Um, now, this has a little bit to do with NATO, because NATO actually just listed China as being a challenge for the first time. This is, shouldn't be shocking to anybody. They currently still have Russia as the most significant direct threat. The Chinese military expansion has led the Pentagon to declare them as adversarial nation, uh, as the United States pace, like pacing at the same pace as us, where it's Navy ships, where it's fifth-generation aircraft, they have missile forces, cybersecurity, their capability in space. Uh, their nuclear capabilities, literally, they're all pacing with us right now. But the main concern for America is the pace, scale, and scope that China is currently growing. And the PRC actually seems to become uh, the global military power, and they want to acquire the ability to seize Taiwan. We all know this. They've achieved the largest military buildup, by the way, in history since World War II. Uh, enough about China, though, and uh, the rest of the world, because we're going to get it back over into Ukraine. But this is the kind of stuff that I think we need to be paying attention to. I still believe there is a possibility we're currently living in the late 30s all over again within the state of the current world. Now, if you're wondering how bad the damage has been outside of Zelote, if you guys don't know what Zelote has or is, excuse me, is going to be south of Lizchansk, outside of Popoznia. Uh, it's that area that the, the Ukrainians were, were pushed out of fairly quick. Um, Anyway, I'm going to show you guys. Here's what the uh, outskirts of this city looks like right now. And it wouldn't be a normal episode without a little bit of Russian state TV nonsense for y'all. Now, this time, this is a new guy. I haven't seen much of him, and he's decided that it's necessary for Russia to apparently take out all the power and transportation along with the bridges inside of Ukraine so the, the people of Ukraine would know who is to blame. Don't really understand that, but... All right. We should assume the proactive role instead of reactionary response to situations, an approach that is constantly praised by some. We should move on to active measures because the old world has come to an end. As President Putin said, if the West intends to continue to deliver weapons to the fascist regime of Ukraine, the transport system in Ukraine should be eliminated. There should be no tunnel in the Carpathian Mountains through which many of these deliveries arrive. There should be no bridges over the Dnipro River. There should be no electricity either. And every Ukrainian should know whom to blame. Those people who brought fascists to power in 2014 have been giving them weapons and money for eight years. Yes, you heard me right. That guy right there. This guy thought that the process is if you guys destroy all the power inside of Ukraine, then the Ukrainian people would literally blame the West for starting the war. I... I don't really, I'm not really tracking. I'm not really following that one. 
This remarkable gang of thieves and murderers ahead of us is an energy crisis. Colleagues, we have an opportunity to conclude the most profitable deal in the history of our motherland and our civilization if we stop the delivery of those raw materials without which Americans and Europeans can't make it. Then the Europeans will have to give us back our stolen money. Will we find other distribution markets so quickly? We need money ourselves to pay the pensions. Our federal budget as of May 1st has 17.5 trillion rubles, out of which only 4 trillion are frozen. Just wanted to pause here for one second, just, just a quick little pause, and point out that the fact that she just started to actually make a valid point, and this gentleman cut her off, and saying that we, they had, like, what, one point, or it should be 17.5 trillion rubles, but 14 trillion of them were frozen. So let's just do a quick little math here. This is going to be rough. Roughly 25% of the money Russia has is frozen and they can't get it back. Okay. okay. If we transform our economy into a wartime industry, if we conduct active economic policies instead of merely reactive economic policies, we'll be able to lower the costs. We will restart our economy. Most importantly, we have enough money to rebuild our country all over again. When you force others to return your money, then you have more money, not less. I don't believe that they will give back our money just because we stop supplying our gas. They can find something else for those 30 billion for their heating needs. Everyone knows that energy is in a total deficit. It absolutely is a weapon. As to the ephemeral countries like the Baltics, we have a Ministry of Economic Development. It has a very qualified minister. He can assemble a group of specialists to determine how we can liquidate the economy of the Baltics so that they can calm down and stop annoying us, as well as the economy of the UK and the US. All right, so the end of the clip, it's one, when I first watched this thing through, I literally started laughing out loud. Like, I couldn't even make it through. These these clowns on Russian TV really believe, for some ungodly reason, they can literally end the UK and America's economy. I, I have no idea how they plan to do that. Uh, I love how this new guy was trying to explain how they were going to end up with more money if they switched to a wartime economy because somehow they're going to force the United States to unfreeze their accounts. I, it was really hard for me to keep a straight face when hearing this stuff. Like, I, what? Oh, my God. At, at times, we, we need comedic relief. That's, that's exactly what we needed. So uh, we're going to move over to mapping. We're going to look at some elevation maps as well today because I think it's very important about what's going on over in Lizchansk, which apparently it's called Liz. Liz how, how, how did that lady say it? It's always like, have you guys ever noticed when you guys watch like the stuff that's going on like on the ground, it's always like some British lady. I, I don't know if it's because everybody just think like they, they sound more sophisticated. Like they do. The Iraq. We're in the Iraq war. Uh, it was like, what? No, I don't know. All right. Uh, I speak American. That's pretty much it. We're going to head over here. All right, so we're going to move out of Kharkiv and slide down here towards the Izium area. Now, when it comes to offensive movements, there hasn't been a ton, but it has been confirmed. This is confirmed that the Ukrainian military is actually able to reach the routes leading into Izium because I've actually seen these videos myself, which I can't show you guys on these videos, but they are of Russian convoys being targeted along the main routes coming in. So the main routes I'm talking about, uh, this is the rough areas that they were actually being hit, those three circles you guys see. Uh, I actually had them geolocated, like they were literally geolocated back to these three separate routes leading into the northern side of Izium. So that is a thing that is happening. And I believe I said that they we should see this actually come into play. Uh, I think I said this roughly two weeks ago when they started the, 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 the assault through this western side of Izium. I said if they actually feel like they can meet, they can bring these. I, I, would, I feel like we could timestamp. That would be really nice. If we could timestamp stuff, some of this stuff, so I can like revert back to be like, hey, I said this on this date. 
But I, I do recall me saying that if they felt like it was necessary and they can actually bring these artillery pieces in without them actually being lost, like they because these are very important, that they would do this. Now we're seeing it today. So over the last 48 hours, they've started to actually target those supply routes leading in to the northern side of Italy, which is a big deal. I'm not entirely sure, by the way, that Russians have actually thrown their entire might into the southern portion of Izium. So this is one of the areas that we haven't seen a lot of movement. I'm going to go over to the up close and personal map. And I, and I don't believe it's – and I right through here is what I'm talking about. Okay. Now, this is the area where I thought they were going to need to gain access to the M03 route leading south into Slovenia to have any major success. And, and that, is the, that is for sure the case. Now, without access to this route, they will not have the freedom of movement down this route – and they're not really going to get very far. But I don't think they've actually shifted their entire weight of their their military into this area. Right now, I think they're focusing so much on this northern Lizchansk area. And I believe if they ever do push through there, which they're going to at some point, which we'll talk about here in a second, I believe they are going to push through here. Something that's going to look like this. And Lizchansk will all be controlled over the next maybe two weeks or so. Now, just I know, bear with me. Some of you guys are getting a little bit heated in the comments. I can already, I, this video is being recorded and I can feel the comments like just going crazy. Now we're going to talk about this area of list chances right now. Okay. Now we know severe to dust has fallen a few days ago. This is this leads list chance, the last major area inside this, this area. I spoke yesterday about the fact that I thought that the likely course of action, like the most likely course of action that is for the Russian military was going to be pushing more Northwest towards Bielorovica. I did not think they were going to actually take the city of list chance itself. I, I, the common sense here, you're going to sustain way too many casualties trying to take the city. Okay. Now it is looking like there is a possibility that the Ukrainian military has actually started a withdrawal from the area around Lischance and pushed south, probably and possibly may have already started a few days ago. Now they've they've been holding off the Russians from taking the oil refining, which is in the southern portion of this AO uh, area of operation, which is which is really key to withdraw the city. Um, I'm going to go ahead and clean up this 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 little area just I just drew there. Now I'm going to say the main can control these these main routes leading out of uh, the city of Lischance, but the Russians are currently trying to break through the southern side with armored units right now. So this entire line you guys see along this main route that leads out of Bakhmat, this is this is where this the heaviest fighting is taking place. I think the Russians are realizing that the Ukrainians are now peeling back down this main route. Remember, I told you guys this main northern route is probably going to be the one they're going to end up utilizing, and they have. So they've been peeling out a list chance and taking this main route. I'm fairly confident. Now, from what I can gather, it seems like this new defensive line has actually been prepared over the last 30 days, but I'm not entirely sure where it is, and honestly, if I knew the exact location, I wouldn't even share it with you guys in the first place. Now, I can make my assumptions where I think it is, which I, I, I have to look at a different map, which I will right now. I'm not saying this is going to be the exact area. So here you guys have list chance. So this entire hilltop is list chance. So the red is going to be the highest portion. Okay. So coming out of Bakhmont, which is right through here, this is one of the main drawing, one of the main drains, one of the main draws, whatever you want to call it, um, valleys. Okay. Now, if you guys look over, this is the route that they're going to take to pull back to Slovenians and Kremators. Now you have this main ridge line right here. It's going to be very crucial, very key, along with all this area that's right through here. The Russians are currently stuck on the opposite side of this river, which we know the severity to death river. It flows where this purple line is, I guess you would say. It runs kind of like this. Now, I believe everything south of this is going to be held by the Ukrainians for a significantly large amount of time, unless the Russians can somehow, let's go back over to our other map, and I've said this before, if they somehow can get a, 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 uh, a bridgehead over Bilorovica, right here. 
This is the area I think they're going to try again. They're going to attempt to, if, if at possible. Now, the, Ru- the Russians have actually moved roughly two BTGs worth of men towards Lyschansk and could have actually be operating roughly about four to five BTGs worth of men along the main route that leads out of Bakhmut. So that entire route that leads all the way through here, we're looking at roughly four to five BTGs worth of men. Now, I did say this yesterday as well, and I'm going to say it again. I personally do not believe that this is a massive loss for the Ukrainians, nor do I think it's a massive victory for the Russians when I'm talking about Lyschansk. Okay. Now the Russians, for one, have sustained insane amount of losses inside of this area. And to be honest with you guys, I still believe the Ukrainians are going to inflict a bit more damage as they retreat over the next to their next defensive line. Okay. I think they're going to send in more small groups of soft units uh, to do work in the night and work within the city. Now they will take advantage of the fact that the Russians are going to be extremely tired and the morale is going to be extremely low. I believe they're going to take advantage of that. Uh, the last note about them actually retreating out of this chance, if that is to be the case, I think it is. I think they're pushing back. I don't know the exact line. I don't believe they're going to take over Seversky because that is in the low ground. I think they're going to take, I think it's going to look more like you have high ground here and then you also have high ground here. So these two areas right here are your high ground. This middle area right here is going to be your main routes. Kind of once again looks like a sandwich. Now I don't believe that they thought that they were going to actually lose as much ground as they did on the southern side of Lyschansk so fast. But I will say, if you're on the Ukrainian side of things, you are glad that they started to exfil sooner rather than later. Now, looking at it from the Russian side of things, okay, now they're going to be able to spin this as if they just took the Taj Mahal. And the war is coming to an end very soon because the Ukrainians are running out of uh, around Lyschansk with their tail stuck behind them. Now, this war is going to go on for many years, I do believe. I don't think this is going to be something that's going to end at the end of the year. And to be honest, I am... I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not privy to any of the plans that the Ukrainian military is making or they're not, no one's giving me this stuff. I'm about to find it. So setting this up is like going to allow the, the, the Russians to possibly overextend themselves, which would give the Ukrainians an opportunity to actually counterattack and push a counteroffensive if they do overextend themselves. I mean, think about it. How fortified is Slovenians and Kremtorsk by now? Like how, how, how fortified are these two cities? They've literally been fortifying since the very beginning of the conflict. Now, we're going to push south towards Bakhmut. There's been a little bit going on over here. Uh, the Russians actually gained a foothold in the northern part of Klinov, which, by the way, the Ukrainians actually pushed them out earlier yesterday morning. There's currently heavy fighting taking place within the town itself, so we're going to have to check back tomorrow and see how this thing has actually turned out. And just south of here, they have taken back a little bit of the area, the Russians, that is. Uh, they were pushed out of, I think there's a nuclear plant inside of this area. Or not a nuclear plant, excuse me. There is a power plant inside of this area that they now control. So that's how we know that they're inside of this area, just south of there. So, Which that means that the Ukrainians that are on the southern side of this route, once again, are possibly going to be encircled. So we'll check back tomorrow on that. There's nothing going on in Kyrgyzstan and Kharkiv. Those two areas have been quite, uh, kind of quiet over the last 24 hours. So that's pretty much it. I do love you guys. Thank you so much. Check back tomorrow. I'll catch you guys on another episode. I'm out.